How is everything progressing? We've just received a report from Intelligence. The latest update has three mobile suits and three personnel transports heading for the uranium storage facility. Now, if only our true quarry would get caught in the net. Very well, then. It seems the two-way communication system has detected some interference at the exercise ground. As we expected. Advise the commander to change the operation accordingly. We were the ones who provided this site in the face of strong public criticism. We want at least two machines in return. And welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode by episode Gundam Seed podcast that's given double O a try. My name is Jeremy. If a 20 R bombardment had a human form, that would be me. I'm Tyler. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's just a thing. All right, all right. My name is Zach. Today we are watching episode 15 of Gundam Double O, Broken Wings. We're like a third of the way done with Gundam Double O, sort of. Sort of? Sort of. I mean, 45 episodes. So. Okay. Then. I thought it was a full 50. Yeah. No, but a third, 15 would be a third of 45. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. So we're not quite a third yet. There are too many characters. Four of them are Gundam boys. One of them is their mom. Yeah. I thought of a good way to explain this and I forgot it. So <laughs> that sounds about right. I uh, recently discovered sake juice boxes and I wonder if Sumeragi would be into those. Are they actually like juice boxes full of sake? Yep. Yeah, no, it's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, I assumed it was some percentage juice. Nope, it is some percentage sake, some percentage water. Did I tell you guys about hydrating juice water? (laughs) (laughs) I do not believe so. What what does that even mean? My mom bought some hydrating juice water, which is like 60% water, 40% juice. Isn't that just juice from concentrate, basically? No, it tastes way more watered down than that. Okay, awesome. Oh, yeah. It's not great. It is called hydrating juice water, though, which... It's just that sounds like something that got Google translated back from Chinese. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like it's it actually has the name of something that I would kind of expect to show up in like an anime to avoid offending a brand or having to pay a brand. Hydrating. It sounds like a stand in for alcohol, right? It's hydrating juice water. <laughs> no, except for the fact that, you know, normally it'd be like beer. So they would replace it with something shorter like milk. OK, yeah. No, or just fair. juice. Juice. Yeah. OK. Uh, yeah. Four Gundam boys. As we were saying, Sumeragi, their mom, and then three nations that want to capture Gundams, each with their own Shar. Soma Pierce, she's Juice Box Shar. She is the littlest Shar. Her colonel, Colonel Smirnov, hangs out with her and tells her to relax and do a good job. It is generally a father figure at her. A Graham Aker, he is the most sexual Shar. <laughs> he wants to have a nice romantic dinner with the Gundams. He's from America. And Alia Sanchez, the European-ish Shar, question mark. The evil Shar. The mercenary Shar, who just calls people punks and wants to war. He was real excited last year. Year? He was real <laughs> excited last episode about all the war that was going to happen. Well, maybe last year, actually, but... Also, secret fourth Shar, Patrick Colasar. He's just a dumb boy. <laughs> He's pre-Shar? Yeah. 
Let's see, any other characters? There's uh, Chun-Li. She's kind of in this episode. Yeah, I feel like Lichty is more in this episode than Chun-Li is. Anyone else I forgot? Anyone? We, you think Luis and Saji are there for a minute. They so are. So is Kinue. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think if anyone else does anything in this episode. Louise whines. Felt is there. Yeah. She, she has a line or two. True. Shall we just get into it? We are watching episode 15, Broken Wings. You can watch along on Hulu or Crunchyroll or wherever Gundam's 00 is sold. Uh, Sci-Fi channel in the two, er, in the late 20s. The aughts? Is that what we call them now? The late aughts? <laughs> the late aughts, yeah. The double aughts, if you will. We start on some nice desert sky. Rover! With a bunch of two-way comm systems being scattered, like the Human Reform League did in space a couple episodes ago. And like dropping all these pods and stuff out of transport planes. Oh, that's what they were doing with these. I was wondering why they were deploying these things. Well, I mean, it worked so well in space, so... Everyone's gearing up for the big one. The big military exercise they're doing. Maybe we should have got over the fact that the three giant nations are doing a joint military drill. And that Celestial... is totally not designed to capture Celestial Beings Gundams. Yeah, it's super definitely a trap, and Celestial Being is jumping right into it. While being like, hey, it's a trap. And Billy went to Sumeragi and is like, hey, this is our trap. What do you think of it? <laughs> and Sumeragi is like, I don't know. It's only kind of an okay trap. Was she trying to talk him out of it, do you think? No, I think she was just trying to like play dumb, more or less. Yeah, I think she knows Billy is not the person who's going to be like, yeah, our trap sucks. When That's it's a, fair. a multinational trap. So Patrick Collisar is bragging to his new colonel crush that he's going to be the one to catch a Gundam and it'll be a snap. So she says, that's not true. It's impossible, in fact. <laughs> so our new squadron of overflags are on standby. Overflags. Graham says it's 832 mobile suits participating in this operation. Which is kind of a lot. Seems like overkill. But he defiantly goes, Gundams, you may find us cowardly, but I will stick to the military's plan this time to get you. I mean, from what we've seen the Gundams already do, that doesn't necessarily seem like overkill if all four of them are operating at the, in the same place at the same time uh, as a unit. I think one to two hundred odds is maybe a little bad, but... Yeah, how many do we think the Human Reform League had in space? Because that was less than a hundred, and they did pretty well. And I feel like they were fielding, like, maybe fifty at max. I feel like they had, like, a field advantage in that one. Well, I guess they definitely do in this situation, so... Yeah. So the opening sequence plays, it's still fine. That's fine. But you notice the other big thing about the fight in space is all four of the Gundams were separate from each other again. Yep. They need so to stop maybe doing they should that. try sticking together. Let's stick together. That's a neat trick. Oh no, who's Fred in this scenario? Who keeps splitting the gang? They just all are like, you know what? Fuck you. I don't like you. <laughs> They're all Fred. Oh no. <laughs> they all have an elaborate love of booby traps. Let's split up, me. <laughs> Only Voltron can say that. And all form our sense of duty. We so uh, we start here in uh, Japan with Saji looking depressed-ish as Louise is like gazing window shopping. Saji's like, hey, how much longer are you going to be depressed, Louise? And she's like, uh, I'm sad because mom went home. And she Saji's delivers like, that in such the, like the best deadpan. And she, she asks Saji to cheer her up. So he's like, don't worry, Louise, it'll be... And she's like, I mean, buy me something. Uh, please. <laughs> Her delivery is amazing. Anyway, Saji cannot afford expensive earrings on a pizza guy salary. A part-time part -time pizza, pizza guy. guy salary. But Louise wants her boyfriend to buy her nice things. While her boyfriend's sister spies on them. Yeah, they just happen to be driving by, I guess. 
Or do you think they uh, they spotted them nearby and were like, let's go drive past them and see what they're doing? I don't know. Either way, huge coincidence. What is up with her hairstyle? <laughs> you know what? She just has one side longer than the other. Cut to the Human Reform League president. Charman, I suppose. Talking to his dude. Who's like, we've received reports that three mobile suits and three tra- personnel transports are coming for our enriched uranium, just as planned. And we proceeded to do nothing about it, also just as planned. Because it's the bait to draw in the Gundams. Because we all know they're stupid enough to fall for this. <laughs> Sumeragi, master tactician, was like, let's have no backups. Yeah, we talked about it last week. I get the idea that Celestial Being has to intervene in this conflict, in the same way they had to in Moralia, but it does feel like they did a really bad job of exploring their options. Well, in Moralia, it seemed like they actually had developed a plan, a workable plan, whereas here, they know all of them are involved. They know all three nations are involved in this. So, like, they're like, we're going to deploy two guys in who are then going to be cut off from the other two, and then when they get to extract, we're going to separate everybody Seems like a bad plan all around. I know, like, that's my point. Like, this this is just a bad plan. But the comm units are starting to detect interference, which means the Gundam are, which means the Gundams are there. And the Human Reform League chairman is like, inform them that we need at least two Gundams, since we provided the site. Hold of him to assume that this is going to work. I do kind of love this shot of Dynamis riding Kyrios, though. Lock-on asks Alleluia to stop rocking them. And he's like, hey, you're asking a bit much. I'm amazed this even works. Also, you can fly, can't you? Do I fly faster even with you weighing me down? I'm not sure. Can we combine our thrust? Is that a thing? <laughs> I'm impressed that it works at all. It'd be better if he wasn't lying down. Instead, he was surfing on the top of the Kyrios. A Union carrier says that they have no units in the intercept path. So at least Celestial being thought of that and seemed to have found a sneaky way in. I mean, there's so much weird with this because they are also we know. <laughs> it's not actually it, but there's like a. I think it's actually supposed to be Sergey's hat on his desk over there. But I keep thinking that that's Soma behind the desk, <laughs> just not quite tall enough to see over the top of it. Yeah, I mean, like one of the things with this is that we know Dynamis has the capability to fire from gravity, so couldn't it shoot back down into the Earth's gravity well? I mean, it's possible there's some reason that wouldn't work. And to no prize it, it did take a long time between shots to do that. Sergei asks how they could have missed a giant group of terrorists just coming for their enriched <laughs> uranium before he realizes, oh, it's a trap. Cuts up some amps shooting at the enriched uranium site. I guess they want to unleash fallout and not yeah. use the uranium for something, but seems like not the best plan. No, I think they are there to gather it. I think the plan for that would be blow open the hangar so the transport trucks can get in and get the stuff they need well it's nuclear waste they specifically say that in a previous episode i don't know what they would use that for i'm not sure but they did bring transport trucks but lock on starts shooting the amps from the curios belly boarding on it (laughs) everybody's gone surfing then there are some very well animated shots of him just vaporizing the trucks yeah it's pretty good and he's like all right hallelujah let's leave before we are detected Easy episode. So here's my thought as to this. I don't know if the Dynamis can use that sniper system while it's in motion. That might be why. Or can't do it as accurately, so that's why they were they sent it in riding the Kyrios. Yeah, he is almost always in prone position while he's using it. That's or, well, or he's just like crouching there. or something. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just not really in there. motion. Aimingly. So a 
cluster missiles worth of those cluster missiles we saw attack the UN <laughs> techs that one time show up to shoot at the Curios slash Dynamis. I feel like gaining altitude and just leaving would be the optimal choice here. But I guess before they can, a whole bunch of mobile suits show up. It does seem like the plan was get in, get out, and it failed. So Lockon has to bail off the back of the Curios so the Curios can fire its rockets out of its, like, tow container again. The mobile suits blot out the sun surrounding Dynamis and Curios. <laughs> Lockon so, gets some strag or hainers on. Yeah, there is this very cool shot of some real does grappling the Dynamis and exploding after half of them eject. I love the shot of the Dynamis as it's, like, peeling out of the sky. It's really well animated. But that's okay, Lockon's fine. Well, because the Gundams are extraordinarily durable. Like, they still haven't taken a scratch despite taking the missiles. So it's like, why not just face tank the shells and missiles and just walk off? We do see most of the shots hitting shields, like those dyna- the Dynamis' poncho shields and the Curios' standard shields. So it may be that there are vulnerable parts of the Gundam, especially if they were attacked to the- by the rear. But the durability of the Gundams does make the tension of this entire episode weird. It feels like they might be able to survive the entire world's barrage as we get a very large montage of various artillery and bombers going after them. The Curios and Dynamis specifically get carpet bombed. Meanwhile, cut to Felt needing coffee. She's made a bunch, but is not drinking it. I feel like Felt's <laughs> just trying to be helpful, making coffee for everybody. Because she's kind of, at, I mean, there's only one person working right now, and it's Christina. Everybody else is just kind of standing around. Like, Lichty is watching Christina work. Christina reports that they've passed completion time for the first phase. And Lickie's like, I hope they made it out of there. But last, he's like, what do you think happened, Sumeragi? And she's like, I think they've probably switched to plan B2 by now. Which means Sumeragi thought the plan wasn't going to work when she sent them. And she's not currently guiding them on this one for some reason. Like, we know they have this extremely powerful, like, command and control center in the basement of this building. Because that's where they were before. Why are they not using that here? Dramatic tension. No, it's that's a very good point, honestly. So the part of the plan is to burn out the gun barrels of these artillery Gundam, or these artillery mobile suits. What's her name? Katina? Caddy Monikin. Okay. I just love the, uh, like, devilish grin she gets. Get some uh, launching and acts, and then our buddy Patrick Colithar storms into the bridge to yell about why he can't go yet. It's like, yeah, I can't capture a Gundam if I don't launch. You gotta launch me so I can get a Gundam. And Cody's like, stand by for now. I'll make a man out of you. (laughs) He does not know how to respond to that. Uh, Well, I mean, how would you respond to that? Swift as a raging river. Mysterious as the dark side of the moon. So cut to Tiaria and Setsuna just hanging out, being like, time for plan B2. Time for plan B2. They throw off their camo nets. The nets are not literal. Do it at the exact wrong time for a pair of Union flags flags to spot them and get in a sighting report before Exia dices them. It's amazing animation, even by normal Exia standard. Some of the ways it moves. It looks beautiful. I love the, after he cuts the second one in half, you can see it spinning. Yeah. So Tiara is like, I'm a fuck him up. <laughs> Cannon full power mode. Is this the first time that we hear this thing called the GN Bazooka? I believe so. I could be wrong about that. I think it is. So he fires his overkill cannon so hard that he gets recoil from a beam weapon. <laughs> and it is hard enough that it makes a like few mile long trench 
I'd say about 10 meters deep. It is going through sand, so there's at least that. Yeah, but it's creating that crater, and it's above the ground. So is like, first shot complete, time to charge, and then they get missiled. And there are some pretty cool shots of the XAA blocking them with his shield. As is like, how did they respond so quick? So apparently, all of these nations have just decided to expend their entire national stockpile of missiles. Cut back to Felt, who now has no coffee and is asleep. Does Felt have a parasite? Do we think that's Felt's problem? <laughs> She's just an insomniac. She doesn't sleep at night. No, she made coffee for Christina and the others and didn't drink any of it herself. Ah. So the others are like, it's been two hours. If they're on plan B2, Dynamis and Curio should reach the rendezvous point soon. And Lassie's like, oh, if only we could use the GN arms, then we could sell more playsets and toys. <laughs> but Sumeragi, to herself, is like, they should have switched from plan B2 to E5. Which, I mean, I kind of would like to know what exactly they meant. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it just as Sumeragi going through the steps. But again, Sumeragi presumably planned all these things. And so the fact that she doesn't think we're, they're going to work, which we find out later, just makes it seem really weird. Like, why did we do this? Yeah. So Kyrios and Dynamis are charging through the trench created by <laughs> Tyria's virtue. And, uh, well, this is one hell of a time for Alleluia to get a migraine, and he just crashes to the ground. Yeah, I love that. I feel like even if he let go of the controls, the Kyrios should just go forward, right? But instead it just goes blomp. <laughs> <laughs> it, it fission mails immediately <laughs> into the trench. And Lockon's like, hey, Alleluia, what's wrong? And he's like, migraine. Ugh. The super soldier is coming. And then Lockon's response is, the super soldier? You mean from your report? Which is such a wild reaction <laughs> to me. Because I feel like it's one of two things that's possible here, right? Either Lockon's like, what are you talking about? Because Alleluia and Sumeragi never told him for dramatic reasons that are stupid, right? Yeah. Or they did tell him and he should know what's going on. Yes. Whereas Lockon <laughs> feels like he's like, yeah, I kind of remember that part of the briefing. I was kind of eating some chips, though. <laughs> and I, I thought I chipped my tooth for a second, so I was distracted. What's up with the super soldier? I do feel like this is also one of those situations where you, uh, this isn't the response. The response is, we don't have time for this. Pull yourself together, and we gotta go now. But the pink Tierran Towsie, as well as some other Tierrians, are heading right for him. And so it looks very neutral. <laughs> as we get our lack of eye catch. Isn't it just such a headache when a rival super soldier shows up in a bright pink mobile suit to start blasting you with their, like, air pellet gun thing out of nowhere, and you've already leaked all of the latest secrets about your mobile suit by displaying your crab claw spiky doodly shield thing? Yeah, real headache. Anyway, hi, and thank you for listening to episode 15 with us. It's a double post today because I forgot to post an episode last week, so... Yeah, good job me scheduling. But for those of you in the future, you're probably binging these episodes anyway, so... Hey, welcome from past us. Anyway, keeping this one short and sweet, uh, because for completely unrelated reasons, I have to go watch the Madoka Magica movie. I'm off to go do that. I'll leave you to have your lives slowly fade away in the desert with the Gundam Meisters. Good luck! I love the guns on the Tiarians. I could kind of take or leave them. I think they're just a neat design. They're not very practical, but... So Soma dives into the trench, 
and the Dynamis just grabs its pistol, but she dodges them because she's a good pilot and checks the Kyrios. There's a lot of very good impacts in this episode. For as many problems as I have with them, there's a lot of physicality to the fights and, that I really like. Yeah, they, they feel very physical and everything here. I I do kind of love how she just uh, dodges Dynamis and goes straight after Kyrios and takes him away. <laughs> and Lockhart's like, hey, hallelujah, you were supposed to stick with me. Okay, bye. <laughs> Even more missiles. Speaking of even more missiles, we got the Exia and the Yaria? The Exia <laughs> and the Virtue, which are being shot by missiles. The Nadley in disguise. And Cessna asks how long until he charges, and he's like, another three minutes. That's an eternity in any situation like this, much less one where you are literally being shot. Which is what Cessna says, basically. This is why I like swords. Their charge time is swing. <laughs> Soma is trying to blast her way into the Curios' cockpit, since that went so well the last time. This time she will complete the mission as a super soldier. Hallelujah is just screaming until all of a sudden he asks what her name is. With his voice being creepier. And he's like, come on, tell me. And she's like, all right, I am super soldier number one, Soma Pierce. Second lieutenant, by the way. And Hallelujah's like, Soma Pierce, nice name, worth killing. I was afraid you were going to be like, Steve. And then I'd be like... <laughs> I can't kill a guy named Steve. I especially can't kill a girl named Steve. Anyway, I'm a little crabby today. Opens up the, the shield scissors, tries to stab her, fails. Soma Piers leaves, and Hallelujah's like, all right, well, I'm bored. It's on you, Hallelujah. And Hallelujah just starts screaming again. I know. It's so funny. Like, well, I had my fun. Your power up is over, Hallelujah. Time to go back. Hallelujah. Ah, <laughs> it is so funny just because he goes, Holly's like, all right, well, I guess I, I guess I'm done. Ah, cut the ribbons and Alejandro corner watching a nice, beautiful sunset where a corner is like five hours have passed since the fighting begun and then starts to leave. And ribbons is like, where are you going? It's like, oh, I'm going to hear the opinions of the other observers, since depending on how this goes, my job might be over. So one of my problems with. The, like, I mean, they give us timestamps as to how long the battle is taking. One of my problems with that is just the fact that it's like a box checking thing. Because then we, when we go back to the Gundams, nothing has actually changed with them. Like, they're in the same place doing the same thing as what they were doing apparently five hours ago. It depends. The first one, now the Dynamis and the Kyrios are in the trench, right? So that feels like things have changed. But on the subsequent ones, you're absolutely right. It just feels like we're cutting to these characters and they're giving time. When this is just an excuse for them to have something to say when they react. Before we cut back, though, Ribbons is like, no, that's not what you're going to do. I hate adults. Wait, how old am I? Yes. It is now dark when we cut back to the fight. And 7th mobile suit team has to be replaced with 16th mobile suit team. I feel like when they're rotating people, that's when the advantage should be there. For the Gundam Meisters to break out, but they don't go anywhere. Maybe they're doing seamless transitions. They just have one person fired and someone steps in. Given how durable the Gundams are, I feel like that wouldn't really work. And at the rate they're going, you'd expect them to ex have expended their reserves of ammunition in this area by now. I mean, I think they brought all of their ammunition here, but... 15 hours straight at the rate they're going? Yeah, I think they brought all the ammo. Lockout asks for a break to eat. He is not obliged. That's actually why he brings the Haro, is because he puts, like, snack foods inside of the Haro. He's got a Slim Jim. Snap into a Slim Jim. Slap into a Slim Jim. 
Cut to the Overflags carrier where they're being launched finally. And also Patrick Collisar launches and he's like, our target is the big one. We're all adopting the Human Reform League's names for them. Uh, that actually makes a little bit of sense to me. Anyway, when the barrage stops, that's when we will activate our capture plan. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't get hit by their beams. Yeah, thanks. Trust me, I got hit by them once. It sucked. It was almost a comic relief moment. And you know how much I hate comedy. I, Patrick Collisar. Now it's been 15 hours since the fighting began. And it seems like the Gundams have actually taken your advice, Zach, and they're just chilling here, taking bombardment. Waiting for it to stop. Eventually, you will run out of ammo before I run out of power. Although, Sessuna's breathing really heavy, and I don't know why, because he hasn't really been doing anything. He did some spins earlier. Okay, so the bombardment has ceased. Therefore, Thierry and the Virtue and the uh, Setsuna and the Exia are going to bail out, so they should stick together in order to regroup with their teammates. Nope. But Setsuna's like, I'm a moody teen, goodbye, and (laughs) flies away. And Thierry's like, I guess I can't fly? Yeah, is that supposed to be what we're taking away from this? Can the uh, Virtue not fly anymore? It is really heavy. Well, we've seen it fly before. We have. Anyway, Patrick Collishar shows up and he's like, I gotcha now, Gundam. I'll try flipping. That's a cool trick. I do like that Tiaria tries to shoot him, but he dodges this time. He got hit the last time, but he is at least improving. <laughs> it does I love seem- the animation on this. It does seem like Tiaria should just use those shoulder cannons we know he has that That's he's not used this episode. But I guess he's too tired to remember he has them. And Patrick Colasar is like, do it. Use our little energy surfboards to capture this gun to create an energy box. This apparently works. Tiaria seems miffed at the very least. And Patrick Colasar is like, good job. Gundam secured. You couldn't have done it without me. To be I mean, fair, he did take point and was the distraction. Yep. He had the most dangerous part of the job, to be fair. So we cut to uh, Soma just knocking out the Curios. We go from seeing him relatively secure in the same, like, GN particle bubble to now he's just done. Yeah, we didn't get to see what Soma did to get him out of this. Cut to Graham being like, okay, guys, that's the Gundam. It's in a trench. We're going to use Formation C. Formation E. Oh, you're right. They start in Formation E. But then Joshua, that asshole from Alaska, is like, no, I'll go do it myself. I should be the leader. This is how a leader acts, ignoring everyone else. <laughs> Does some dramatic stuff, transforms midair, which is apparently something not normally done, and charges the dynamis. Yeah, I want to go back to that. Where would you transform from? At, if you were a plane, where would you <laughs> transform? That was not midair. I, like, I get that Graham's like, move is transforming mid-combat and stuff, and I get why that's impressive, but just calling it midair transformation. That seems like the normal way to transform. On this flying mobile suit? Yes. Yeah, I feel like it should be like maybe mid-charge transformation or something. Or while shooting or something. Although I love how he ducks in here and starts shooting the Dynamis. Only for the Dynamis to have the pistol (laughs) pointing straight at him. And he's like, oh no. Graham's like, God, I guess we'll do Formation C then. Since that asshole just went and died for no reason. Lock-On can't hit Graham because he's a good pilot, and also Lock-On is losing feeling in his fingertips. And Graham charges right at him, going, all right, Gundam, time for a lover's embrace. He midair transforms. He transforms mid-tackle. Yes, into this incredibly satisfying tackle. I was going to call it a flag glomp, but... (laughs) (laughs) He did call it an embrace. So yes, I think flag glomp is the military term. When Graham Aker writes this move in the book and starts (laughs) teaching it, it is going to be the flag glomp. (laughs) <laughs> or the, it's all going to be one word, though, yep. obviously. Flag, L-O-M-P. Flag lump. Yeah. Or, or it could be the Graham glomp would also be good. 
Graham then calls the Gundam his sleeping beauty, which is maybe a little creepy. Well, he does want to date a Gundam. Cut to Felt, now on the computer, being like, haven't gotten any messages yet. What's going on here? It's not like we th- sent four guys against 800. And Sumeragi's like, ah, the life of the Gundam Meisters. They're fading away. Cut to Setsuna, just chilling, leaving. <laughs> Be like, man, I hope everyone else got out like I did. As soon as I could abandon Tiaria, I did. Pretty sure no one will blame me for that. <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows that guy's a dick. But then Setsuna's like, oh no, an enemy machine. And then he sees this thing with an enact <laughs> crossing its arms in it. I kind of dig the like mobile suit attaches to this chair aesthetic, but... <laughs> well, he also is like, it's that enact. Wasn't it painted blue before? Like, what is the identifying marking on this thing that Setsuna would recognize it as a specific model? Um, it actually just gives off a signal in Morse code constantly that's just F and then U. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, like, Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts boss. Like, yes. it's this guy stuck in a giant monster. <laughs> it's clean-shaven Aliel Sanchez. Who can't hit Setsuna at this range. So just rams him. Look, we've heard this episode, ramming is the way to defeat Gundams. <laughs> Yeah, actually, we have, haven't we? That must have been what happened to uh, Kyrgios again, as Soma rammed him. Yeah, so the Agrisa has spider legs. I guess these are more insect legs. There are only six of them. I'm super into it, though. And it lands right over the Exia. And Sanchez is just like, okay, you can die now. I'm now going to microwave you. Because the Agrisa apparently has a plasma generator for killing pilots inside mobile suits. Well, it's the best way to secure the proper salvage. You don't have to worry about damaging the metal. So Allie tells him to die and leave his machine behind. The little crew just punk. Cut to Marina, who feels a disturbance in the forest, like some guy that was in her bedroom last <laughs> night for no reason might be slowly dying. <laughs> is grasping out in pain, and then suddenly silenced. As Sheeran is like, hey, the Gundams might be dead. We got an unofficial report that they're fighting a thousand mobile suits. They're fully engaged. It sucks. They're probably going to die. And she's like, oh my god, Setsuna, is that why you came to my room to ask me about philosophy last night? Still kind of weird, but let me flash back to it really quick. In case you missed last episode. Her realization of, is this what he meant, doesn't really make any sense. I think it might be less, is this what he meant? He's like, is this him, like, saying goodbye to me? Philosophy! Like, did he know that he was probably going to die on this one? Cut to Setsuna screaming in pain, his life flashing before his eyes. Being like, oh, am I gonna die? Without becoming anything? After having given up everything? I went through all of that, and I'm not even a Gundam. What the hell? But we do see, importantly, a flashback to him seeing that random Gundam in the sky when he was a kid. And he just starts saying, Gundam! 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 And he starts reaching up. It looks like he's going to have the Shonen moment where he punches through this. But then a beam comes from the sky. And... Just destroys the Agrisa. I love the animation of the Enact bailing out of it. Yeah, it's very cool. Right before it explodes all over Setsuna. And the ending theme starts to kick in as Setsuna in the Exia reaches for the sky and looks up to see a mobile suit that looks a lot like that Gundam he saw when he was a kid with the particles coming off it in the same way. But they are red particles. So clearly this one means trouble. It's also got red eyes. It's a very cool effect, actually. It looks a lot less angelic than the previous one does. The episode ends with Setsu just being like, God, dumb, ugh. Pass out. So yeah, what did we think of this one? It had potential as an idea. I don't, like, Sumeragi had zero plans and sent them in anyway, which seems like 
kind of out of character. See, I don't feel like they didn't have any plans. The problem is they didn't present us with any plans to like inform the viewer that this was the plan. And the problem is this is just really stupid. Like yeah. it, it is executed stupidly. Yeah, it's out of character stupid, I think is the bigger problem. Because we talk all the time about how Gundam is about dumb teenagers doing dumb things. And Sumeragi made a mistake that one time. But her plan made sense then, right? And we, the emphasis in that episode was on Smirnov seeing through her bluff and making counter plans. In this episode, it feels like the plan fails kind of for no reason. If the plan is the Kyrios and Dynamis are going to zoom through and then escape, that's a decent plan. But I'm not sure why that plan fails when we find out, oh, we don't have anyone to intercept them along the line. Like, it doesn't feel like they activated a trap card that negated that plan and forced them onto plan B, which is worse. Yeah, because she assumed that they were going to plan B. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But there was some really good animation in the fights in this. Um, I actually really like all the dumb, different ways that they end up capturing a bunch of them. Or all the impacts of them running into them. Yeah. They, they do show a very good sense of weight to most of the action in this one. All right. Do you have a high point, Tyler? I think mine is actually going to be Patrick Hullisar's dodge and then, like, this stupid, like, shit-eating grin he gets on his face when he starts taunting Tiaria about missing um, is really good. Of course, Tiaria just does have those shoulder cannons that he did not use, but still... Ever. Ever, yep. No, still was kind of a fun moment. I also really like the stupid power surfboards, so that scene, I guess. Zach? I really like... Uh, when Joshua decides to dive in on the Dynamis only to find it pointing its handgun straight at him. That is just such a uh, like a cool moment. Like, hey, Lock-On and Dynamis is thinking ahead. But, uh, I mean, it doesn't end up helping matters because this is like kind of supposed to be the Empire Strikes Back moment where the Gundams straight out now lose. But other than that, like, there are some really well-animated shots, specifically of the Exia in here, too. Yeah, mine is going to be of Graham's tackles. Lots yeah. of the tackles are good. I think Graham's is the best. Graham's over against uh, Lock-On. Yeah, that, that, is, that is such a well-animated... Because you get the sense of how big and heavy those things are and how fast he was moving. Do you have a low point, Tyler? Yes! I think it's going to be Gundam X Machina. I feel like this entire thing was just a setup for this new suit to show up. And... That's, like, there are better ways to have had that happen, I feel. Especially considering Setsuna was about to have a shonen moment anyway. Zach, what's your low point? Mine's somewhat related to Tyler's. It's that this plan doesn't make any sense. Like, what was the idea here? This, this, it, it, it just seems like this is written into the contrivance to further depower the Gundams and make them even look even more incompetent, really. Yeah, are we supposed to read this as they feel compelled to act here, and even if they're on a suicide mission, they feel like as celestial being they have to do it? Because that still seems dumb, but I feel like that's the most charitable reason, way to read it. I think very much so, given Tyria's speech about how like their lives don't matter yeah. um, if the mission is on the line, which... Yeah, okay, sure, but, like, really? We couldn't come up with anything else? Well, the thing is, like, yes... If, if it costs a life to, in order to accomplish the overall mission, this isn't the overall mission. This is one little, like, side trip. Knowing the overall mission, I can see a very sideways glance justification for this is the overall mission. But it's a lot of arguing and a lot of sideways leaps of logic type stuff. <laughs> but, like, the, the mission that we've been presented with so far, that we are here to end war, this is a side trip. 
Like, this isn't really related. We have to stop these terrorists from getting this, uh, their hands on this depleted or this uranium, enriched uranium, while all three militaries are standing on it? Yep. No, you don't. Or if you're going to do that, you can actually play it smarter by just, if you're going to do that, batter your way in from the front and just start wrecking command posts. It's not like it would have been hard to find them. Just look for the ranks upon ranks of mobile suits standing around. Vaporize a couple of regiments with that big-ass cannon of Tiarias. Mine is specifically going to be the bit about Sumeraki being like, oh, the lives of the Gundam Meisters are slipping away. And like, yeah, I get it from a poetic writing's point of view. I can see Sumeragi drunk saying something like that. <laughs> but it just emphasizes that it feels like she sent them to die, which doesn't feel in character for her, really. And I don't know what the plan was. Like, she was just berating herself over making a mistake. But this is fine. But this apparently was not a mistake. Apparently, this was the no, plan. This was intended to give away the Gundams to the people to stop. I'm, I'm confused as to how this is supposed to help. It stops war. Don't worry about it. Do you have an MVP, Tyler? Um, you know, as much as I would jokingly like to give it to Patrick Colasar, um, I think I'm actually going to give it to Graham Aker for that sweet-ass tackle. Zach? Graham, that tackle, man. Yeah, Graham putting up with Joshua. Also that, yeah. Getting rid of his greatest competition by just being like, oh, um, bye, Felicia, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you were worried about me shooting you in the back, but you, like, you just literally ran into that guy's gun. So... What do you think's up with the new Gundam, Tyler? Um, I don't know. It's got, like, hmm. I actually kind of wonder if it's a splinter faction from an earlier version of Celestial Bean, because it appears to be powered by similar but different technology. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's my that's my pitch. I think it's a splinter faction of Celestial Bean from somewhere in its 200-year history. Do you have a guess, Zach, or do you know? I have an idea that I think is close enough. Like, I also know that it's not the only one. Yeah, that's true. So I think that's where I just say that it's a Gundam will return in Trinity. Just trust me. I'll make a man out of you yet.